Well, good afternoon. It's right at 3 o'clock. We almost didn't make it. We started streaming earlier. Everything was going over, and that wasn't supposed to happen. So we had to go delete and begin again. So that's what's happening. Um, that's what you can have all amateurs. That's what amateurs do. We do all kinds of uh, things that not get everything right. But now we are live and welcome. This is the podcast Anchored in Hope. And um, today in the Diocese of Erie, in all of Pennsylvania, and most of the New England states, this is the Holy Day. It's Ascension Thursday. Now, Ascension Thursday is 40 days after Easter, the way it was in the beginning. So most of you are not celebrating Ascension Thursday today. They moved it till Sunday, which is, I still don't get it, but who am I? Who am I? to even talk about it. So anyway, today's Ascension Thursday in the Diocese of Erie and all Pennsylvania and most of New England, like we said. So it's the day the novena to the Holy Spirit begins. A novena is nine days of prayer. This is the original novena when the apostles prayed for nine days from today, the Ascension, until uh, Christ. He said, go and pray. And so we're going to go and pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so being the Feast of the Ascension, it, it, again, it's one of those days it should be called the Feast of Hope because where Christ is gone, we too will follow. Um, so he is our hope, and uh, this is an exciting reality that um, everything that happens to Jesus happens to us. Uh, if we stay faithful and in him, so as he rose, we will rise and we will stand before the Father as he did. So first thing we need to do is pray in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, thank you for the ascension and taking your Son. Your Son ascended into heaven to be with you. And we are in him and with him. And so as we meditated on yesterday in the offertory prayer, that we get to participate in your divinity, especially now at the ascension. So, Father, help us to focus on you, to focus on your love, to focus on the Trinity, that we may, you may bring us into your very relationship, that we may participate and show the world you who are God and be witnesses by the power of the Holy Spirit we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, people of God, this is your chance to ask any kind of questions that'll be here. Uh, you just type it in on the right in the comment sections, and I'll get to as many as I can. Usually I can get to all of them. Um, sometimes if I skip over, I don't do it on purpose. I'm just trying to do two different things. And there's also some emails here. Again, you can just send an email to the regular, the foundation and put podcast in there and they'll get it to me uh, easily in enough. Okay, so on this great feast of the Ascension, let's get started. Hi, Bruce. Good afternoon, Father. How much is gas in Erie? 429 in Charlotte. Oh, shut up, 429. You better not be complaining. We, uh, yesterday I bought gas and I got it at a discount at 453, but it's no, it's about two, uh, 469 right now here. Um, 
4.69. But Harry, it must be unbelievable in Paris right now, the, the uh, gas over there. I know you guys do it by liters, but I'm sure. I says, we complain here, but uh, Europe has it much worse than we do, and we know, but we are people who just like to complain. 4.59 in Pittsburgh is at Sam's Club, 10 cents more everywhere else, exactly 4.69. Okay, I was away from the church for a long time, Pat. I made my way back a long time ago. I made a good confession. But every now and then, I'll remember something that I did. Um, I confess, but sure, not sure I did. Do I need to confess these things? Venial sins, no. There can, uh, there, uh, every, time you can, uh, every time you go to Mass, you're forgiven. If it's a mortal sin that you explicitly withheld, you must... Uh, confess it um, if uh, you know that's why we say for these and all my sins I am heartily sorry to cover them all so they are covered in the blood of the lamb it's only if you purposely withhold that sin that you would not be forgiven but God forget well to, but to make yourself feel better if uh, like again when I hear confessions I just sit there and say did you confess it if they say, I don't know, I say, okay, let's get rid of it now. If they say, well, yes, Father, but I still feel guilty. I say, I don't care how you feel. You already confessed it. Christ already covered it. You got to get over thinking that the way you think determines the reality of the spiritual life. It's what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. It set us free. Not how we feel, not how we think. It's all about what Jesus did. Um, so that's just an important reality to remember. But yeah, I wouldn't, uh, unless you purposely withheld it, or you still feel crazy about it, if you know you've confessed it, never confess it again. If you're not sure, if it's going to make you feel better, confess. But remember, uh, Jesus does not just work out like, did you do it this particular way? And I know people go like this all the time, but I promise you God is bigger than us. I promise you he is. I mean, if he's not, we're all in trouble. For something as simple as, this I was talking to the priests last night, they go crazy with me. But here, throughout the world, if you don't go to Mass today, it's no big deal because just a regular weekday. If you miss Mass in Pennsylvania now, on purpose, it's a mortal sin. And if you die in mortal sin, what happens? You go to hell. So, objectively. So if you live here and you purposely go not, do not go to Mass today, you put yourself in mortal sin. And that drives me nuts, right? So it depends where you happen to be living today, whether you go into mortal sin or not. And again, it's a precept of the church. So you just got to, that kind of stuff. God is not as, uh, you know, what am I going to say, uh, petty as we can be. <laughs> you know, God is much bigger than all this. Must we follow the rules the church gives us? Absolutely, positively. But like I said to them, do we have to put... Um, Penalties on them of eternal damnation. I don't think we need to do that. It's kind of like you come to dinner on Sunday or I'm going to kill you. The church says you come to mass on Sunday or you're going to hell, which is even worse than being killed. You go to hell forever. So again, but you know what? That's why no one has made me a bishop or will make me a bishop. And that's why I will do as I do um, all the days of my life like this. And I can handle that. I don't need the stress. I have too much stress. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's often, again, everybody knows, everybody says, how are you, Father? And I'm blessed. But I'll never say I'm too blessed to be stressed because I am beyond blessed 
But I am always stressed. Doesn't mean I don't have peace. It just means I have so much going on in my life. It just, uh, just that's just the reality. People mightn't like it, but nobody asks you. <laughs> this is the, this is my life. So we're trying to be better. Okay, here we go. Do do do. We need to make people go to mass more, not less. You got that right, but um, but we can't. I, I, I'm a, just big. God doesn't force us. We can't force others. We just can't. Okay. AMDG, how do you answer people who ask why God didn't protect those children in Texas shooting? However, what do, you, what do we say to people to keep them from being angry at God? God gave us, of course, it's, it's such a great tragedy, huh? I can't even watch the news uh, yesterday. I, I just would watch it in the beginning, and I can't uh, do any more. Uh, was it last night? I think it was the night before the day it happened. All I did was put a picture on all my uh, Facebook and Twitter and everything with Jesus weeping and saying, Jesus weeps with us. The God is present to us. Could he have stopped that? Of course. There's no other way. I mean, if you say God couldn't have stopped that, then you take power away from God. He gave people free will. And that's why Satan went to hell. That's why we can go to hell. That's why uh, we can hurt other people. Even Ray in the very beginning, when there was just how many, a handful of people on the earth, while God watched, Cain killed Abel. He knew what had happened. He didn't stop it. And, but the reality is, the true reality is, Every one of those children can see the face of God. And heaven's a million times better than Texas. And it doesn't, it doesn't uh, make the pain any less. I often go back to when Lazarus died and Jesus went to the tomb and it says Jesus wept. He wept over Lazarus, the death of his friend. He knew he was going to bring life out of it in a few minutes, but he still wept. So, of course, there's such great weeping. There's such emptiness. There's such pain. And there will be people that get mad at God, of course. And God can handle that. He can handle our anger. He can handle our questioning. He can handle all that stuff. He's God. He knew that was going to happen. Everything had happened from the beginning of time. But God promises us that he will make all things work together for good. We will probably never see that reality from this side of heaven. We'll probably never see it this side of heaven, but when we're all on the other side, everything will make sense because then we see life through the eyes of eternity. When we just see life from this time on earth, life stinks, people, period. People that are young die of cancer. People kill each other. People hurt each other. Um, 
life's really bad, unless you have the view of eternity, that if our time on this earth is the first sentence of eternity, then a billion, 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 billion years from now, we'll look back at this time and hardly remember it. But we got to get through this time. But again, all this is just my way of explaining that the mystery of evil, and I don't expect anyone to go, oh, yeah, Father, that sounds really good. Come on. There are no simple answers to very complex questions. There are no simple answers that 19 children are dead and two teachers. There are no simple answers how an 18-year-old kid could have so much anger and pain inside of him that he would go and kill children, shoot his grandmother, put all that on saying, I'm going to shoot my grandmother. He shot his grandmother, and then he said, I'm going to go kill some kids. Really? That's where it comes to, I, that's where the I get to someone can, and I don't know if this is true or not, but someone can be possessed. Uh, you can invite the devil into your life in many ways. And if he was controlled by the evil one, not a mental illness or anything like that, the evil one hates all life. That's why um, we kill so many children in our country today. And again, that kid went in and 18-year-old and killed those kids, but, and it was the most horrendous thing. But we kill our children every day in the name of their, you know, in the womb through abortion. And we give excuses for it. And we say, it's my body, my choice. Say what you want. We're still killing children. Period. It's one of the most horrendous things. So all of them, you know, all the politicians and that and scream and yell and jump up and down and say, look, we're killing our children. A lot of them are the same ones that say, we got to let women kill babies in the womb. Both are innocent. Both have fullness of life. Both have a right to live. And it's always wrong to kill a child. It's always wrong to kill a child. And we got to make sure people stop separating these realities. Just stop it. Life has become nothing in this world when we can fight over killing babies in the womb that shows for the rest of all the other stuff that life means nothing because we kill the most innocent just because they get in the way of me having my own life me doing what I want it's an ultimate selfishness to kill a child and so I don't know it's just that's uh, why we got to be people of uh, prayer. We got to pray pray for the change of the heart of all people. And maybe people will see this and see it's never okay to kill a child. It's never okay to hurt another human being. It's just not okay. But again, there's so much anger in that. And that uh, I was going to say in the church, and that's true, and the world, and the country. 
because um, we all know we're right and everybody else is wrong and we can judge everybody else. And I know. But it, this isn't what God created us to be. God created us to be people of love and life. And so we got to work towards that. So, sorry I go on, but it's just really, as all of us, it's been in my heart uh, very hard. We know that God is everywhere, and we know that there is free will exactly. So I hope, um, but God can make it all work together for good. Again, think about uh, uh, you know a time when, during Jesus' time, when Jesus was right there and he was a baby, and they killed all the holy innocents. God could have stopped that too, but he didn't. But we call all those holy innocents saints. Huh? They're alive, and they're the first ones that give up their life for Jesus. These children, too, gave up their life. Um, the part of Texas is very Catholic. Probably most of those children were Catholic. I was very touched on uh, Facebook or whatever uh, when they had the picture of the archbishop there just uh, being with those parents, hugging those parents, holding those parents. I was like, yeah, this is where the church needs to be. In the midst of it, not standing back and not making comments about what's right, what's wrong. Oh, we need to do this, we need to do that. Just shut up and be there with these kids. Be there with these families. Think of the kids that didn't die and they had to watch all that. Jesus truly weeps with us now. But we got to do everything we can to somehow stop this garbage. Life got to become the most precious things in our country. It just must become the most precious thing in our country. Okay, Nancy, advice for me to give a friend who questions why God would allow the hardships he is facing to happen. Thank you, Father. Often the hardships, we can call them crosses that we all have. And the crosses that we all have can make us stronger. As um, gold is tested in fire, as the scriptures say, as uh, diamonds, the way they're made is all the pressure and all the pain, uh, if you will. And that's part of it. You know, it's part of, we want a pain-free life. There is no such thing. Every one of us will suffer. If, if you could watch a tragedy happening in Texas and not suffer with that, that's a, uh, it's very sad. I don't think anybody watching this or listening to this would ever be able to do that. But again, I just often think in my own life, uh, all the tragedies and that in my own life, why would God let it happen? And I've learned something for every one of them. And I'm, you know... I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Everything I'm saying is just my opinion and thinking I don't speak for God. I, well, I speak about his goodness, but when it comes to this, uh, this darkness, I struggle too. I struggle when I'm praying and I'm, I'm uh, talking to God about all this and I'm saying, God, yeah. I struggle with all the uh, people who are getting killed in Ukraine. God could stop it all. And I say, you know, you can stop all this. You can take the, the head of Russia home and uh, 
Why do you let this get? There's so much pain in the world right now. Wouldn't this be a great time for Jesus to come back? Oh, my. But we just got to keep going through and keep, again, when I get like this and when when other people are like this and they say, Father, what should I do? I say, repeat a million times, Jesus, I trust in you. 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 That though I can't see what's going on because I have a very small vision of looking at the world, God sees it in different ways. He sees all the world and every heart at all the same time. Jesus, I trust in you. Okay. So, Harry, what topping did you order on your slice of pizza? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's talking about if you listen to my homily on Sunday, I almost knocked the guy out because I have issues. Well, we're talking about violence, and here's a guy that... Uh, all I wanted was a piece of pizza, which I should not be having. Like, I have chocolate right now. It's my favorite thing, chocolate. And I should not be having, and I'm a diabetic. And um, it's just my, it's my, it's when I go back into these uh, stress-filled times. But anyway, here I am. I just went in. I was going to give a talk in Ashtabula, Ohio. And I was driving from South Bend, and I stopped to get a piece of pizza. And it was one of the, just, you know... Um, rest area on the Ohio Turnpike. And uh, I'm just ordering, this guy comes right up to me, he's standing right next to me, and, and he's not ordering anything. He's just, I don't have my, I didn't have this part of my collar on again because I put like 15 pounds on since uh, the stress of my mother. And again, it's all excuses, but that's what's happened. And so I was getting this piece of pizza, and uh, this guy comes up and he says to me, so, you ever see when you die on those billboards, when you die, you'll see Jesus or you will meet God? And I go, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking, don't bother me. I just want to have my piece of pizza and get out of here. I am take it to the car. Just don't bother me right now. And so, and I said, sir, um, you can meet Jesus right now. He's waiting. And uh, he says, yeah. And then he said, why do you think they put that up? I says, uh, I don't know. It's probably a Protestant thing, sir. I'm a Catholic priest. Oh, then he starts and he says, oh, you guys are all going to earn, you're going to all uh, buy your way into heaven. And I said, that's not what we believe. It is what you believe. And then I lost it. Not like I can lose it, but I just said, that's enough. You have no idea what we believe. I said, this is what I do, sir. I know what I'm talking about. We do not. I will go to heaven because of what Jesus Christ done on the cross for me. He said, why are you raising your voice? I says, because I just want to have my piece of pizza and pop and go to kin you to where I need to be. So I walked away, but I was like, uh. see, that's where my issues come in. I'm doing something, I'm minding my own business, and then someone comes to me from the side or just comes and starts to start with me, and then I just react. And so, but I had mushrooms on that piece of pizza, as a matter of fact. I love mushrooms. I hate mushrooms, except on pizza. Don't ask. I have no idea. I'm I'm just no idea. But uh, thanks for picking up on that, Harry. Anyway. I've had, I don't sure, I'm sure they don't have this in Paris, but, or France, but they do, in, in Italy, they put horse meat on top of pizza, and that's disgusting. I shouldn't kill horses, but anyway. Good afternoon, his father. 
Is it okay to listen to rap hip-hop music even though most of the lyrics are bad? Is it okay as long as you don't act upon what it says? Thank you and God bless. I have a spiritual director who asks me that all the time. And I always say, well, it's not the best. If you could listen to it without uh, the lyrics, that would be better. Because when nasty lyrics get into your head, and music is powerful, it has the power to change you. And you're singing those, and you're singing them when you're asleep, and it's just part of it. It goes, without you knowing it, really goes down. It helps to form your heart and form your mind. And so if it's bad, garbage in is garbage out. So that's why there is Christian rap. It exists. You can look it up and find if that would help where you have, you know, that's why most of the time I just listen to Christian music or I'll listen to uh, classical music. Sometimes I'll listen to country music, um, depending again on the lyrics so again, but you just got to watch what you feed yourself because what you feed yourself is what you become. The same one, if I'm eating chocolate or I'm eating pizza, that's all processed stuff that I'm putting in my body, which is poisoning me in so many ways. And it's no one else's fault. It's my fault. You know, and so I eat what I, I become what I eat. You are what you eat. That's very true. You are what you listen to. It's very true. Yeah. Um, you got it. That's why it's important that we read good spiritual books to keep us focused or we listen to podcasts that are going to help you grow closer in your faith. We just don't listen to all this stuff that causes questioning and everything else, though we should question everything. I am not a believer. Just, oh, yes. I mean, there was a, um, a Monsignore who means my Lord and and down in Washington, D.C. that had someone at his parish that calls the Pope a heretic. And he's, this Monsignor's been pretty close to calling the Pope a heretic himself if he hasn't outrightly done it. He's, um, he said, I'm offended by him. He does all kinds of stuff. And all that stuff is all because he wants the things his way. And to me, that kind of stuff just, all that drives me so crazy. Um, why, you know, he's supposed to be dying for the Pope and he's helping people go against the Pope. And again, you all know I love the Pope, but like all the ones, but I'm thinking when our own numbers are doing this, it drives me insane. And again, it's just, um, it's just not the church that we need to be part of. We need to be part of the church of love because God said, all people know you're my disciples because you love each other. Not because you think you're unimportant because you're a Monsignor and you think you know it all because you don't. You know, you just don't. When you think you know more than the Pope, you've crossed the line into your arrogance and pride. You have crossed the line and you have separated yourself from the teaching of the church and you've separated yourself from the church even though you are a monsignor, whoa, stop it, just stop it. It's time for your own salvation to repent. And that's for all of us. We all got to stop seeing things our way, including me, including me. But it's those type of things that drive me crazy because, and again, it's, it's funny. The scripture I had this morning was from Romans and it says, uh, <coughs> that's why you are inexcusable, you're judging of others because that which you judge in others is the same you do yourself. So you see 
how God convicted me this morning before I got out of bed at 3.50. I was up earlier this morning. It was about 3.40 this morning. And when I went to the Word of God, he just hit me with that in Romans. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, Jesus, I know. And now I just proved that what he convicted me on this morning, I've proved I have just done. Yeah. He warned me, prepared me, and I still did it. And that's something. So, have you ever met Mother Angelica? No. Do you have any stories? No. I imagine two of you would together be fireworks. Yeah, she was, when I was down there with them, uh, she was already in a coma. Uh, so I never had a chance to meet her. I think would have got along quite well. Um, yes, I think we'd have got along quite well. Okay, but no, I never, I never met her. Greetings from Southern California. Gas is five bucks. I'll bet you it's five bucks. I usually, last year, at this time I was in Vegas. And, um, you know, the things are finally coming. And I, again, you all know, I like to go to Vegas. I like the food and that down there. And, um, but I was, I was, I usually go to Vegas and Southern California together. But I didn't do it that time. I just flew into Vegas and flew out of Vegas, met some friends and had a fine time. But I go to Southern California a lot and it is very expensive at gas. God is not a tyrant. We are to ourselves. You got that right. What you say, Lazarus. Not Lazarus. Oh, shut up, Chris. Oh, sorry. This happens as a woke-up call to the whole United States. You got that right. The first time I heard Ascension Thursday was going to be on a Sunday. I was in Ascension Parish. I was shocked. I lived in North Carolina at St. Patrick's Church. And on March 17th, we have standing room only. <laughs> I can imagine. AMDG, thank you for hopeful words by Eternity Father. It's hard to witness to people when they are of the world and don't see things. It's so hard when we're of the world, all of us. And often we think the way the world does. And that's why it's so important we have a, a heart that's uh, open, filled with the spirit of the living God so he can convict us. Um, like he just convicted me of judging a brother. And I needed to be convicted. We all need to be convicted. And we need to thank God when he convicts us. Okay. Maria, it takes a village to take care of our children. So wake up, parents. Get involved in schools. Absolutely. Still bothers me. Okay, we have ascension. I was custodian. I've seen a lot of things that parents do. They're not responsible. I taught in a Catholic school. And a lot of things, parents just dropped off their kids, but that wasn't in this grade school, of course. They were like, oh, my. Hi, Father Larry. What's your favorite book in the New Testament? Galatians is where I, well, one of the letters. John's Gospel is my favorite book, but Galatians is uh, my favorite. Uh, like I always say on my gravestone, when I die at 120, because the good die young will be Galatians 2, 19 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ. The life I live now is no longer my own. Jesus Christ lives inside of me. I still live my human life, yes, but it's a life of faith and the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So, and Galatians is filled with all kinds of great stuff, but uh, I think it's, it just reminds us what a Christian is. A Christian is not one who just uh, tries to obey by laws and follow commandments. And uh, Jesus isn't up there looking down at us and saying, oh, you really messed up there, you know. 
Jesus Christ for the Christian is inside of me. I no longer live my life. Jesus Christ lives inside of me. If we could just live that, know that, and get the heck out of the way, great things could happen. So there you go. The husband of one of the teachers killed in Texas died a heart attack two days after his wife died. I'll bet he did. That's just horrible. I feel way more forgiving of the woman who gets abortions. They're usually scared and alone. I feel less so towards those who push it and perform it. But we are supposed to love them all and pray for them both, of course. And of course, what you said, Chris, is true. But I've also known women who weren't scared or alone. They just said, my body, my choice. And that's where we have issues. Okay. San Antonio Bishop was there within 90 minutes. That's God's at work. You got that correct. Thanks be to God he just went. That's a bishop who runs out and meets the people in their pain. And uh, like I'm afraid of that. I have to do it. But boy, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot to go in. Because again, as we were already talking earlier, when you see a bishop who represents Christ and the church, all the pain and hurt and anger can really come lashing out. And the only thing you can do is stand there and take it. Um, but I don't think, I think most people would have been very welcoming of him. Dear Father Larry, thank you for all you do, for your compassion. Oh yeah, I wish I had more. You are such a blessing. I really need you in the world today. Thank you, Mark and Lisa in Canada. Chris, story I like, imagine if you could put a chip in your son or daughter's brain that makes them love you. Would they truly love you if they did? Only way to know that someone loves you is when it is when they're squeezed. You got that right. We compliment God when we ask him for big things, so we must keep praying. Yes, come, Lord Jesus. You were at my favorite place on earth, the grotto at Notre Dame. My alma mater, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was very different when I was there last Wednesday. It was, uh, and then Thursday morning, I prayed in the grotto. Remember, all of you said the rosary there um, for all you and your intentions. And it's, uh, but boy, it's changed. Even downtown South Bend, where I was staying, I was like, whoa, this wasn't here when I was here. It did a lot of changing in the time I had been there. So, listen to K-Love to be formed by music. There you go. For music, we spend our time listening to good music. There isn't time for rap, hip-hop. George Beverly Shaw rocks. Holy cow, George Beverly Shaw. I'll bet you nobody knows him right now who's uh, watching this. I know him because I'm a, uh, uh, a Billy Graham fan, huh? Uh, but uh, absolutely, the, I come that uh, just as I am. What a beautiful song, and he sang so well. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to have it in my head. Okay. I don't even know how you know that, Harry, for goodness sakes. Shoes of the Fisherman, 17. So my atheist wife asked me, why does God let this massacre of children happen? How do I answer? Please uh, help. Thanks, Mike. Uh, just go to the beginning. I spent almost 15 minutes on this. Um, so just wait till we're done and go to the beginning and the first 15 minutes have to do with what we say about God and that, that uh, I don't want to rehash it, but it's there. And then we post this immediately. So you'll be able to get that. Uh, and you can, hopefully that'll help you. I had a teen ask me if uh, Siamese twins could marry. That is too tricky of a question for me to answer. What would you say? Of course they could marry. Uh, they couldn't marry each other, of course, but they could marry other people. It's happened. Um, yeah, 
pizza in moderation is not bad. I know. Um, a lot of things. I used to eat pizza once a week. Now I have pizza about once every two or three months. I have loaded pizza, but no longer every week. Yes. That's one of my, the two things I really like is pizza, and I really like chocolate, milk chocolate. No, and these, they always say, well, Father, have some uh, dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is disgusting. Ugh. Ooh. But milk chocolate, oh, it's my favorite thing. And so, but again, it's like poison for me. It just is. Uh, I know. Okay. I have a teen asking, like, yeah, okay. Pizza and moderation isn't bad. Have you ever, have you any read any really good books lately to recommend? I really am into the Lord last year, not a fan. How's your book coming? It's getting better. Um, I just finished a book called To Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge. Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge. And it's a fantastic book. Um, because in this book, it, John Eldridge wrote the book Wild at Heart. And he wrote this years ago. And it was the first, it really was the first uh, male spirituality book. He's a Protestant, but oh my gosh, he's very sacramental and all these things, even this uh, stuff here. But um, so it was because of that book that I wrote Be a Man. That's got me thinking, you know. And so now this John Eldridge got Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge, E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E. -E. And it's not just for men, but it's for everybody. And what's so good about it, it talks about having a pause every day to be with Jesus, to surrender everything to Jesus, um, to make sure that we're doing that, to make sure we're not living by the, uh, the way of the world. It's uh, a book about uh, one of the things hit me with, which I never thought about before. Think about it all these years. And he talks about how in America anyway, 93% of people, excuse me, who live in America, 93% live most of that. We live 93% of our lives indoors. Get that, let that sink in. In America, most of us live 93% of our life in an artificial environment. And then he quotes Psalm 23, which I never... Uh, got this before i've you know i said psalm 23 many thousands of times he leads us into green pastures he refreshes my soul so part of the reality to refresh our souls is we need to get outside we need to drive our cars with the windows open we need to go and spend time walking every day so it's a interesting now people out in california they do that more than people out, out here in the east but it's a great book uh i just gave it to one of my spiritual directees to read and i says there's some very practical practical good stuff in it i even like with books i really like like that i write uh things about what i got out of it and i, I won't show all this stuff but it says uh so some of the things i got out of it is practice a one minute pause throughout the day so it's a prayer pause to become where you surrender yourself and everything Take time for transitions before doing anything. Instead of like going right from one thing to another, stop, uh, acknowledge the presence of God and bring him into it. Surrender everything to God. People, situations, relationships, book, parish, foundation, family, house, money, purity, exercise, everything, prayer. Unplug from your screens as I'm sitting here on my screen. Get out in nature. Most people spend 93 of their lives inside. And then again, we'll go on because some of the stuff I already shared with you. 
So it's some very good things. And another book, so I, I finished that last week, and then the book I just finished uh, yesterday, or the day before yesterday, whenever, not too far ago, was a, uh, a, a Jewish book. And it's about The Happiest Man on Earth by Eddie Jaku, J-A-K-U. And uh, it's about a man who spo- spent so much of his life in a prisoner of war camp. He watched his parents get uh, pulled away and killed, people killed in front of him, the torture, all the stuff he had. I mean, he just talks about it. And again, it's like one of those things that like, how, how do we ever let this happen? How do, and then, oh, it's just a thing, but the book is called The Happiest Man on Earth. He lived, he wrote this book when he was 100 years old. He died last year at 101. But again, it's, it's a, a book that, how do you deal with all this tragedy? I mean, all the evil that this man went through, and yet he was a man of love. And he talked, called everybody his friends. And it's just, uh, it was, uh, it was, it's one of those books that's a kick in the stomach. I listen to most of my books, and this is only a four-hour uh, listen to. It's a, you know, but it's, it's a very uh, good book. I just bought the book for a friend of mine for his birthday. And what I'm listening to right now is Own Your Past, Change Your Future by Dr. John Deloney, and that's also a very good book. Anyway, so hopefully those, those help. Again, if I like the book, I usually talk about it. It comes up in a homily eventually, but those are some good ones to get you going. Okay, Adrian, I am an employee. I have an employee who is a big fan of yours. Poor guy. Unfortunately, he has severe anxiety because of his brain tumor, which has enlarged. Please remember him when you say mass. Absolutely. Tell him I said hi. Uh, Dennis, will you say hi, and we're praying for you. Um. Give your anxiety to God. That's all you can do. Ola, say, hi, Father. When lapsing in our journey, what is the best way to get back up and keeping it simple in such fast, busy, overloaded world? I think what it, what it is for me is I have to come back to a relationship with Jesus and just ask him to restart everything inside of me. And that I do everything out of love for him instead of doing everything for my own health or for my own um, peace or whatever. Um, so go to Jesus and ask. He's the one of new beginnings and let him have, give you a new beginning. You know, if there's anything you need to repent of, repent of it. And then uh, just ask the Lord to uh, live inside of you. And so all those things, and I'll begin again. It's one of the, the great things here <laughs> yeah so Bruce will the church have to send off send off for Father Mac before his new assignment it is announced before he goes out or after he's gonna it's gonna be the last weekend of June I won't be there but we offered him to come back or when I'm not there I'm gonna be in Phoenix doing a, um, doing our CMLA men's group so uh, they're going to have stuff after the 11 o'clock mass on the last Sunday of June to say goodbye. He's, I don't know where he's going. And anyway, he's not allowed to tell us, so he didn't. Um, I think he's going to still be in Erie. He's just going to be in another parish. Um, 
because he'll just be a resident there. And it's hard to go from being an assistant one place to a resident. It's just too hard to do. Uh, so he'll be going somewhere else. So I'll be alone in the parish. And so um, it's going to be interesting. Since I'm, on a, I'm on away, but we're going to be counting our mass schedule down. Uh, we have to, we're having a big, uh, on the 12th of June, we're having a big town hall meeting to, so we can all talk about where we're going and what we're doing. Okay, can you tell me why you have a girl altar server? Well, sure, because the Holy Father allowed us uh, to do that, and uh, we don't have enough boys. I have uh, girls. I wish I had more boys, and I have no problems having all boys. Uh, but again, I don't ever do anything, and this wasn't uh, um, Francis had said girls' altar service. This went all the way back to John Paul II. Uh, who allowed girl altar servers. And so if, if, the, if the, the church says something is allowed, I never say it's not allowed because it's my preference isn't more important than the teaching of the church. Uh, so that's why. Speculation question for you. When a tragic situation is occurring, such as a recent shooting, school shooting, how do you think all the guardian angels are reacting? Boy, I have no idea, but that is an interesting question. I, would, I, have, I have no idea. Huh. I'll have to think about that one some more. I think it's a good question. Erie is higher than 93%. I'll bet you sarcasm. I live there, and then I go back off, and I know. What's your take on the authentic Chicago pizza, Father Larry? Is it a good thing? I don't live there anymore. I, I used to love uh, pizza in Chicago. I loved it thick pizza pie has all the stuff in it but i also love thin crust of new york i just like pizza that's the thing we better go to some of these here okay jason says i have two questions one via my wife and one for me one a priest at our latin mission shared that god not only forgives but he also forgets all of our sins that we confess that comes from uh saint margaret mary alacook uh the one who had the vision of uh um, the sacred heart of Jesus. is So he said something the saint said. My wife wonders that this is true. So what is the purpose of purgatory and why do we pray for the souls that are there? Because though God forgets, like go back to the story first. The story happens that uh, St. Margaret Mary Alacook, who is a nun, had these visions of the sacred heart and the, Jesus said to her, you go tell the bishop to start devotion to me. So she went and told the bishop, and the bishop, of course, didn't believe her, thinking she was a nut like any good bishop would. So she came back and says, the bishop doesn't believe me. And the bishop told her, if you're really seeing Jesus, you tell him to tell you what I confessed last time I went to confession. So she went back to Jesus and and she starts talking, and Jesus says, I know what he wants. You go back and tell him, I forgot. Purgatory is the place of purgation. And so, though God even forgets these things, we are purified. It's kind of like the way I have explained it before is like you go outside, and there's a big mud puddle there filled with mud, and you jump in it once, twice, three times, four times, ten times. You are caked with mud now you got to go and get clean so it's going to take some time for that mud to come off purgatory the, the only thing the church teaches is one that you must believe one that it exists and two it's a good and 
a good thing to pray for the dead, a good and holy thought to pray for the dead. So um, Pope Benedict says purgatory can be an instant, a twinkling of an eye, uh, a moment, a purgation. And so the way the church has explained it throughout the years has all been one way or the other, and some, like all this, there's all kinds of stuff. The priest that used to live with me, that was his whole thing was purgatory. Everything was about purgatory. And so uh, the way I've always explained it is God is love. And when you die, if you're not in a state of, uh, if you're in a state of grace, but you still have venial sins or you still have selfishness, God who is love embraces us. And this love is a fire. And this fire is so intense, it burns away our selfishness. Because that's what sin is. It's a selfishness. That's why there are many people that go to daily mass today that's all about them. It's a selfishness. And we can think, oh, look how holy I am. Look at how I go to communion. Look how I go to daily mass. Look how, ah. when all that stuff happens, it's the exact opposite what you're supposed to be thinking. You should be thinking how loved I am that the God of the universe, though I don't deserve it, would come and feed himself with me. It's all about God. It's not about us. But whenever it becomes about us, it's always the selfishness. So when God embraces us, finally when we die, he burns away all that selfishness. So we become pure people of love. Because that's the goal of life, to become like God and God is love. So until we get to be perfect love, that's where we always should be striving. That's what holiness is. When God's will and our will become one. And so we got to become that. And that's why, again, um, I'm so far from that. And that's why I got to keep getting up. And sometimes I do good, sometimes I don't. But we keep doing it. So anyway, uh, we pray for the souls, um, full transformation. Again, you do not have to go to purgatory. And everybody here should be praying not to go to purgatory. You should be praying for a happy death. Go to St. Joseph. So the moment you die, you have uh, remission of all past sins, which is a plenary indulgence. Indulgences take care of all confessed sins. So if you die with the last rites of the church, you are 100%. Uh, I was just anointing someone this Sunday, and I anointed them. I gave them a communion, viaticum. I uh, gave them the, uh, the plenary indulgence in the moment of death was full remission of all sin. So you can get all that stuff, die, and go right to heaven. Anyone tells you you have to go to purgatory, that is not the teaching of the church. So, so hopefully that's better. I have a, have a challenging, a series of challenges, opportunities for sanctity, yes. But don't think about yourself, think about God. For our church's new pastor, generally I struggle to connect with his homilies, but I also disagree with some of the changes he made. And again, people should wait a year before. We always tell people, wait a year before you make changes. Uh, an example of this regard to washing the feet portion of holy thursday mass our former pastor included individuals of all ages and ranges both genders which seems more aligned with the pope <laughs> exactly but the old law didn't allow that it was only men but the new priest specifically had 12 adult males yes because they're gotta there's we're all clerical sometimes it's all about no no, no it's only it's not it's about service it's not about uh, men being greater than everybody else come on these may not be huge things but they are enough that my family is troubled yeah i know what is the best way to handle this? My family now prefers to worship at a nearby Catholic church since that Holy Thursday Mass. I'm not sure if that is what we should do. For what it's worth, I pray, I prayed in adoration for an answer, but still struggle to discern God's voice. Uh, 
Well, I think that uh, the parish is a family, so as a family, you, you should, um, instead of just judging the pastor because of what he's done, the, the first thing to do to, is to talk to him and say, Father, can you explain to me why? Don't go in and confront him because I know when someone confronts me because they're judging me, then that's when I get nuts. But if you go and say, can I, can we have an appointment and go talk to you and just say, can you tell us why that, that, that this, this, and this? And they, he might be able a good explanation, um, which isn't clerical. Uh, and that would be the best thing. I always think that if people talk, like I had a bunch of people that left the parish over the mass and everything else, but... Uh, None of them talked to me. They just left. And some of them I was very close to, I thought, and just they walked away. One person actually wrote me an email, and I responded, and uh, they were going to leave the parish, and they didn't. And it helped our bond grow even more because I have no problems with people asking me questions and talking about things uh, in any way, shape, or form. And again, I'll answer in the best way I can. We mightn't agree, um, and I'm not there as a pastor to please everybody. I am there as the pastor to lead people in the will of God. And so if I'm praying and the Lord's telling me to do this stuff, well, whether or not people agree with me or not, like again, when I was doing the mass thing, I was doing everything to protect the uh, most vulnerable among us. And these people said, no, you will not tell me what to do. And they said stuff like, my body, my choice. Which is the same as the abortion people argument, my body, my choice. Everything that when we put ourselves first and my opinions first, that's never of God. When I lay down my life for others, that is always of God. Uh, and again, when you make never and always statements, you just prove yourself wrong by opening your mouth. But I should say, is usually never of God, and is usually of God. <laughs> you know, yeah. You put me in front of a microphone in front of people that I can't see, and I can make all kinds of these uh, generalizations. Can you get why people have problems with me? Yeah, me too. Anyway, let's go on here because we only have a couple more minutes here. Um, the most difficult thing in the Texas massacre, how do we show love to that monster exactly? And we do. We have to love our enemies. We have to pray for his soul. I won't pray for his soul. Some of you are saying, I know, I know the hurt. I know. I waited, Father, till everyone else was the last one in the creek, so I just tell, fell to my knees and stretched out my arms and prayed for my priest. Very good, Jolie. We have to be careful. Jenner Marie did visit the check, and we compiled with this distinctly. Okay. I respect and love our priest. Very good. And you got to priests good, bad, or indifferent, we're still in the person of Christ. And, um, you know, I judge priests all the time. They judge me. It's not of God. 
So it's nice to say that, but when am I going to stop it? That's the, that's the point for all this stuff now, isn't it? Anyway, so we come time again. Thank you for spending time with me, you 94 people, and the rest of you who will come. Usually we have about uh, 1,500 people that watch us every week. Um, again, we're in the midst of uh, getting new people here you know, to get this podcast up and running. It's been over a year, and we're still, everything we try, it keeps falling apart. So we'll keep doing it this way until we can get to the new uh, reality. Huh? So I ask you to pray for me. We're going to be hiring a new director uh, for the foundation very soon. We're down to the last a couple of people to interview, and then we have to discern, and they're all fantastic people who have applied. So make sure that we pray that we truly do the one that God wants and what's going to be the best fit here. Remember, I love you, and I pray for you every day, and I just ask you, I beg you to please pray for me that I stay faithful to Jesus and faithful to his church and faithful to his teaching. And if I ever say anything wrong, that I repent, and I always seek his will because his will and his opinions much better than mine. So pray for me. I know I'm praying for you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for watching me and Anchored in Hope. God bless you. God willing, we'll see you next week.